You're listening to Breakaway Wealth, the show designed to help you build wealth faster, think bigger, and break out of the herd. Now, here's your host, Jim Oliver. Welcome back, Breakaway Wealth. I'm your host, Jim Oliver, and with me today is Troy Eckerd. Troy, welcome to the show. Uh, Thank you so much for having me on, Jim. I appreciate it. So, Troy, I really, you know, there's a lot of things going on out there in the investment world, and I like, I know what what we're going to talk about today, I'm excited to talk about because there's just not a lot of people out there that know your space and know it like you do with the, with as much experience as you have. But I think it's an exciting space right now. And I think there's a lot of people out there thinking, Hey, what the heck do I do? I mean, if I don't, if I, maybe I was buying multifamily real estate, now interest rates are up. I was buying this interest rates are up. So I think that it's timely that we're talking in your space today. But before I dive into that, why don't you tell everybody about you and your space and how you got, how you broke away from the herd and where you are today? Yeah, I appreciate it, Jim. I'll I'll make it brief for the audience. Basically, I started off in 1985 as a licensed broker selling investments in oil and gas exploration for tax write-offs for high net worth investors. And after about two years working for this small firm, I realized they were nice guys, but they couldn't find oil in the jiffy loop. So I broke away from that group and decided that I was an entrepreneur at 22 years old. And by the time I was 25, I had my own licensed FINRA brokerage firm called Eckerd Investment Services. And I was raising capital for oil and gas companies that were looking for uh, the equity that they were void in, in their exploration attempts. So I did that for 21 years decided I no longer was in the brokerage business because I moved to the asset side. So for the last 20 years, I've been creating my own investments, finding my own energy assets, pipelines, exploration, mineral rights, water wells, all in the oil and gas, fossil fuel space. And I've been doing that since 1985. And so now I have my own company called Eckerd Enterprises. We're a conglomerate of several different entities. And we represent about 1,500 high net worth, high income investors that are in our platform. And we've been doing mainly mineral since about 2019. Nice, nice. Okay, well, that's, you know, it's funny. It seems like we do a lot of things when we're 22 that kind (laughs) of put things in motion. So I got into helping people with wealth at 22. And that's kind of always been a, you know, the the journey normally is in a straight line, huh? Yeah, Um, it's a jagged line, like my my heart rate. It goes up, it goes down, but as long as it keeps moving, I'm in good shape. As long as you know, I like that. As long as it keeps moving, you're right. It's in good yeah. shape. All right. If I don't know anything, treat me like I don't know anything about oil and gas, mineral. I mean, tell me why I should. I mean, because I think there's numerous reasons to invest in this space. Tell me why I want to do that. Well, so I'm going to make it about as uh, first grade elementary as possible. I'm going to give you an analogy and and hopefully it'll make sense. Uh, Investments is like the seesaw you played on when you were a kid on the playground. When something goes up too high, it can't go any higher. It has to come down. When oil and gas prices are high, it kills the economy because it's based on fabrication, plastics, syndications, asphalt, fuel, energy. So when oil goes high, it kills the profit margins for basically every other business, including real estate. When oil prices are low, then it creates low debt, low cost of capital. Everything else seems to prosper. They never work in sync. They work in opposite directions, inverse relationships. So when you think about oil and gas and you don't have some kind of direct ownership in oil and gas, you've allowed yourself to have an out-of-balance seesaw. So when 
you start looking around at a correction in the real estate market, correction in the stock market, you start looking at cost of capital going up. You say, well, my portfolio is really getting hammered because I didn't have any weight on the other side of the sea. So I didn't have anything in energy. So some people buy stocks. They buy public equities, Exxon, Chevron, et cetera. That's great, except for one thing. It's correlated to the public market. And when the market drags, it drags your energy assets down. So what a lot of my wealthy, high net worth investors have done for the last 40 years, they said, look, what I want to be is direct owners in wells and pipelines and mineral rights, because that's a direct correlation from the barrel being produced today and sold in the market that day. I get the direct reflection of that market upswing. I'm not getting a diluted distribution because Exxon's taking all the money and giving me a dividend. I truly get a mark to market value by being a direct owner in those wells, in those minerals. And so it is a massive correlative offset to what may be happening negatively in the rest of my portfolio. That makes sense to wealthy people. The problem is oil and gas is a crooked business. Nine out of 10 are liars, cheats, crooks, Ponzi schemes. Because it's such an obscure investment asset class, there's not a site you can go to and figure out what oil's worth, what a mineral's worth, what working interest is worth. And so you have this real discourse between information and a savvy investor who knows real estate and other investments going, how the heck do I get my head around this other investment in this hydrocarbon and fossil fuel? Everybody's a crook. So yeah. I tell people it's the who factor is your number one risk in oil and gas investment. It's the who. You know, it's funny that you say that because there's some friends of ours that have a mastermind. They had a guy, I don't even know the name of the fund or this guy or anything, but they came in and they were talking about like carbon scrubbing something, something. And, you know, you put in a hundred grand, but you get to deduct this much off your taxes, like some multiple. And it ended up being a Ponzi scheme, right? Yeah, people it's called put- carbon sequestration. I know the group. I told the people two years ago it was a fraud. Ponzi scheme. I got 150 something of my partners that invest in that. I told them not to do it. They said, Troy, you're full of crap. And what they said is, you just want us to invest in your stuff. I said, no, I happen to be part owner of the second largest gas pipeline in the Gulf of Mexico that I created 13 years ago. I happen to be in oil and gas for 25 plus years, 35 years. And what happens is you're being in a Ponzi scheme, but you're following the almighty, I need a tax write-off, right? And the news is a good well gives you tax write-offs and a dry hole or Ponzi scheme gives you tax write-off. Forget the tax write-off, even though it's a great asset. Focus on the economy. Can I make money? Right. If I want to lose money, I'll walk out in this parking lot and set a million dollars on fire. I got a write-off. I lost a million bucks. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm interested in making money, and that's where most high net worth investors, regardless of your mastermind, regardless of your CPA, they make mistakes because they forget the fundamental. Preservation of capital is the number one criteria to being wealthy. I'm with you, man. All right. So... I think you talked about really when you think of all the asset classes, why mineral rights. And I mean, you touched on that. What's going on in the economy today or the the market today with real estate businesses, interest rates? Like, how does that affect your market, the energy market? Well, it's twofold. For one, because we've had this uh, green energy climate control nonsense for over a decade, The oil and gas sector has been constrained by over a trillion dollars of capital that has to be invested. Remember, we're depleting a resource. It's one of the only natural resources on the planet. When you burn a barrel of oil, it's never going to be here again. I harvest gold or minerals. Well, gold is either in your teeth or your watch. It stays here. So it's quantifiably measurable, right? Oil and gas is depleting. So from that standpoint, as we increase demand and decrease the supply, you have this spread and the spread has gotten so far, we're now at about 21 million barrels a day of consumption. We're only making 13 million barrels a day in the country. So as a result, 
what you're finding is, is that as debt goes up, the cost of capital goes up, as you find banking and lending going up, banks defaulting, the oil and gas industries are also being affected by that. Pipe is more expensive. Diesel is more expensive to run those rigs. So what we have is this kind of compounding problem. Oil prices are going up. Inflation's going up. The cost of drills going up. There's less people to drill the wells. There's less capital for those companies that can't get bank financing. So we're almost in this perpetual cycle. Like my dad used to say, it's like wiping your backside on a barrel loop. There's no end to it. So as a result, we're kind of caught in what I would call a super cycle for oil, where I don't see how we're going to stop the brakes on that cycle because we don't have more capital. We don't have equipment. We don't have manpower, but yet consumption keeps going up. This could be a long three to five year cycle upside to natural gas which inversely is going to be a negative drag on any kind of recovery or minimizing a recession or helping bring down that cost of capital. It's going to make it worse, not better. You know, you know, one thing I really like, Troy, because I feel like the same from like what I do is I have 35 years experience. When you have a 38 year track record like you do, you've seen all of this. You've seen the cycles. It's like, okay, this is my first rodeo. It's not going to catch me off guard. I know what's happening. This is what's happening. And if you know what's happening, you'll know what to do, right? And yeah. so I want to talk about returns, tax rate, or tax benefits. And then who out there is kind of your ideal client, your ideal partner, whatever you call them? What percentage of their portfolio, or what do you, I mean, do you recommend that they put in mineral rights? Well, let's start with the first thing. So the IRS has decided that when you own mineral rights, it's a piece of real estate. It's deeded like real estate. We're going to give you 15% of your income. You're not going to pay taxes on, kind of like depreciating equipment. You're depleting a resource. So if I make a million dollars, I only pay taxes on 850000 There's no tax deductions because the IRS assumes it's real estate. It's not going away. If I need a tax deduction, then I got to actively participate in the drilling of a well. The problem with drilling a well is the majors had record earnings last year. Any well that's what I'd call a class A premium well, they're picking up every piece of interest in there. Now, there's a lot of syndicators out there selling drilling deals. They're poorly structured. They're bad economics. They're in bad locations. It's so watered down. The investor is going to get his tax write off. They're not going to make any money, but they feel good this tax year. The way we do drilling is simple. I only drill what I want to drill. It's not a lot. I, I'm very picky what I drill. So we don't have near enough drilling opportunities to satisfy our client's uh, appetite, right? So that goes over to our typical client. As our typical client is a high net worth, high income investor who has a lot of extra cash. And their goal is create a passive income that offsets that W-2 or occupational income, which is everybody's dream. Mm -hmm. But what you don't want to do is have a passive income, let's say in a multifamily that ends up saying, my debt's upside down. I'm going to get a capital call. I got higher rent, higher labor costs, et cetera, higher debt costs. Because with minerals, there is no cost. Exxon, Oxy, Chevron, the majors lease those minerals. They assume 100% of the liability, 100% of the cost. And what you get, like the king and queen of Eagle, is you get a royalty payment. You get between 12.5% and 20% of income, gross income every single month, distributions every single month, without any exposure to capital or cost or liability. So it just happens that this mineral market is a perfect market for a passive investor who doesn't want to be an expert in oil and gas doesn't want the risk, doesn't want the exposure. They want billion dollar oil companies to do all the heavy lifting and give me a check every month. This market was not available 10 years ago. It only evolved as a result of technology with horizontal drilling and fracking. And now we have 300 million acres in the U.S. loaded with oil and gas. Now it's just up to somebody who knows how to navigate the boat and buy those minerals in the right place 
with the right oil company. So our investors are 45 years old and older. They're probably relatively new to oil and gas. Uh, the older clients have been down the drilling rate. They don't want to do that anymore. They're not focused on write-offs as much as income. They want the write-offs when they can get them, but they're really about preserving capital and trying to now balance that heavy loaded uh, real estate portfolio they built the last 10 years with something that's going to help offset what they now see as a correction or losses in real estate. And they want to do it with income that's coming out as frequent as possible in our case every month. So, you know, what I love about that is, you know, we show people how to do infinite banking, but you go buy cash flowing assets with the money that you put through the insurance contract. And after a while, you put in a dollar, you have more than a dollar to go put in the mineral rights, whatever it is, right? And yep. as that money flows back in, like you said, most of our clients are high net worth. They don't need that money that's flowing back in to the, you know, flowing back to them to pay for their groceries. So they actually need to reinvest it. So you put it back through the insurance contract and you reinvest it again and again and again and again and again. And you start to build up this monthly passive cash flow. And when that exceeds your ideal standard of living, then guess what? You're financially independent, financially free, and you're doing it passively. So if you're a doctor, you're a business owner, you're making a lot of money doing what you do, then you don't have time to keep your eye on the prize of investing or owning real estate. And, you know, I hear all these things. I don't want to I don't want to be a property manager and all that stuff. Yeah, I get that. So I like that because we're always trying to combine with passive income or passive investors, infinite banking, because the more that they know what to do with the money, the more that the infinite banking concept is going to make sense to them. So I really like that. Troy, what's your process to see if you're a good fit with somebody? Well, first and foremost, we only deal with accredited investors. Secondly is we want somebody who's committed to the space. So I, I like an investing to like going to Vegas. I can be having a great hand of blackjack and I'm at a table that everybody's winning and some knucklehead walks by and wants to jump in the open space and bet and screws up the whole system. And so I don't want drive-by investors either. First thing is you have to be deciding you clearly want to be in the energy space. You want to be an investor. You've adapted that as something that is as part of your foundation, your portfolio. Then it's the who factor. So let's say you assume you like Eckerd. Then at that point, I'm going to say, well, what's the goal? What are we trying to accomplish? Well, I want to put in a quarter million dollars a year. Well, let's put you in five or six portfolios. Let's get you as many wells, as many minerals as we can. And this is going to be kind of like building a brick house. We want one brick at a time. And as we continue to build those bricks, we now are giving you a stronger cornerstone in the energy space to your overall portfolio. Now you can use 1031 tax exchange to come out of real estate into minerals or minerals back into real estate. You can invest with a direct account. You can invest in a self-directed IRA. But you've got to decide this is part of what you want to do. Now, I can tell you, I can walk into a room with a thousand accredited investors, do an oil and gas presentation. Maybe 15 will stick around and ask specific questions. The rest will walk out of the room. Of the 15, maybe half or six or seven will invest and they'll invest for life because they truly listen and adapted to it. So I basically consider what I do is, is pocket change investing. I'm going to buy multifamily, self-storage, infinite banking, stocks, bonds. Hey, I got an extra 200 grand this year. I'll throw it into energy. And that's okay, except for one thing. When you think about the negative correlation, to everything else you have relative to cost of capital, debt, et cetera, and you start looking at energy, you start saying, my seesaw is out of balance. Everything's really high and it's about to drop and I've got nothing counterbalancing the other side, which means that what? I'm going to take a, a substantial miscorrection or overcorrection in my portfolio. So it's about, look, investors have to understand nobody's going to hold a gun to your head. 
ask the questions, do your due diligence, find out. Don't be afraid. I talk to everybody. I don't care if somebody's selling dog widgets. What do you do? How's a dog widget work? What, what does it look like? Why do you do it? Why am I going to make money? And like, are you going to invest? Hell, I don't know. I got to ask you questions first. So I find so many investors are like reluctant to dig in and find out details because they're afraid that magically I'm going to slip through the phone or the Zoom meeting and get your wallet and put it in my bank. I mean, it doesn't work that way. So you having these kind of conversations should enlighten people to what can take place. If they were to go to, let's say, Eckerd Insights, our online app that has records and records of videos, quickly you're going to decide, I like that or I don't. I don't yeah. like licorice. Package it in any way you want. I don't eat licorice. So you'll either decide you want to be an energy or you don't. And if you do, then you got to decide is who can I trust and what's the best resource? We've done such a phenomenal job, in my opinion, at educating. The smarter I make you, the more you're going to want to be an energy and the more you're going to come to the conclusion there is only one energy source and that's Eckerd. So that's what I do. And I do it because transparency is paramount in my business. Oh, I love that. Okay. So tell them how they find you and say the, the website again. Well, it's EckerdEnterprises.com, and underneath there's our drilling company, our pipeline company, our, our mineral company, right? You can always just go online, go on to Eckerd Insights, put that in your URL, Eckerd Insights, sign up, tell us you're accredited, get full access to everything. Nobody else has a natural resource app like this, doesn't exist. We it, it's, it's industry leading what we've done, and now you can educate yourself. And if you say, hey, I like this, now how do I invest? You can simply say, I'd like to see an active portfolio. It'll be available to you. And you can decide if you want to participate. You can buy online. You can buy through a wealth manager. We don't pay commissions. We don't pay fees. We don't have broker dealers. I've got five salaried employees that wealth manage our 1,500 clients. They're incentivized zero. You buy 25000 or $25 million, they don't get paid a dime more. And I like that because I hate pressured sales. The minute you pressure me and sell me an appetizer, but instead of my meal, I walk out of the restaurant. I don't like pressure. I want to be educated, informed. Let me make the decision. You know, I always say this, Troy, about when uh, people work with Create Tailwind, as I say, we educate you until you say one of two things. Either this is for me or it's not for me. Correct. And so just tell me what you want it is. And, uh, and so it's the same thing. I like that approach. So we'll put all that in the show notes and how to get a hold of you. And you know, maybe we can talk about putting some of your stuff on our community as well so people can see that, that are part of Create Tailwind, the community. Sure. All right, Troy. So you've obviously 38 years. I like what your dad said uh, about your backside. So uh, what's the, uh, maybe it came from your dad, but what's the best advice anybody's ever given you? Well, I think the main advice is, is that you must look long-term. Yeah, Ever long since term. the dot-com era, we've gone from being long-term investment planning kind of individuals to now we're, we're day trading with seconds between a trade and a trade. And the reason why long-term has to be there is that I'll be 60 this year and I feel like 35 years has gone by in a flash. And I look back retrospectively at the things that I should have done. I knew they were right, but I didn't have the patience, the time, the foresight. And so I simply went short-sighted. This entire investment climate the last 25 years has abandoned the core of long-term investment. And as a result, we don't do two things. We don't invest in the right things that will work over time. And the second thing we do, we forget the fundamental of preservation of capital. We, we make harebrained decisions based on greed, IRRs, preferred returns that are BS. And we forget that. And what we find is four winners, two losers. I got to make 30% return or I've lost two thirds of my portfolio. We forgot that. So long-term investing followed by uh, preservation of capital are the two things that are, are very integral to my brain, my thinking. And that's all I focus on every day. Long-term preserving my money. 
I love it. I love it. All right, last question. If God came down from heaven and only allowed you to retain the knowledge that you've received from one book, and you haven't read my book, so I know it's not that one, uh, <laughs> is uh, what book would you uh, retain the knowledge in, Troy? Well, if God came down, I better say the Bible. But absent the Bible, yeah, I was going to say I that, just qualify that. Yeah, yeah. The most impactful book I've read for me has been Good to Great, and I like the book because. In my career, I've had one major setback in 2008. I was a victim of that economy crashing. And I fundamentally figured out the following. Mediocrity is just one step away from failure. And mediocrity is an excuse given to, I'm not going to do what's necessary to win. People like winners, but they hate the winner's personality. And so good to great for me is you got to get the right people in, not only your bus, you got to get the right people in your life. Yeah. You can't allow one employee with cancer to exist because that becomes the leak in the side of your Titanic. And so for me, Good to Great is a book that I can read 20 times and every time walk away going, that is exactly right. I must perfect my business. I've got to have the right clients. I've fired 40, 50 clients over the last three years saying, you and I just don't get along and I don't want to make you money. In fact, I want to drill you a dry hole because you're so obnoxious. Right. So it is about circling yourself with people that really add value in a creative way. And that book really has resonated since I first picked it up 20 years ago. You know, it's funny when you talk about rereading a book because somebody brought up that book earlier today in just a conversation. And I thought, you know, it's been probably five years since I reread that book. I need to reread it again because you're right. It's something that you get, you pick up something every time you read that book. And that book has been instrumental in my life too. And it's funny because guys that have 30, 40 year track records, when I talk to them and I ask them about books, we're always in sync on the books, man. And I love that because it lets me know, okay, there isn't something out there that I haven't read that I forgot, or there's some message that I haven't had. So Troy, thank you so much for being on the show and some great advice and a great book. You know, I'll tell you what, you, if, especially if you're doing infinite banking and you're trying to figure out what do I put the money into passively, and I'm going to partner that knows what the heck they're doing, I encourage you all to check out Troy. And so, Troy, thank you so much. All right, we're going to end this show. We'll break away wealth like we always do with the great words of Earl Nightingale. Take it away, Earl. Here's the key to success and the key to failure. We become what we think about. Now let me say that again. We become what we think about. Once again, thank you so much for taking the time to hear what was shared on today's podcast. If you are looking to discover new wealth building strategies, then go to community.createtailwind.com. That's community.createtailwind.com to join our free online community and get access to free courses and in-depth training videos designed to help you build wealth and break away from the herd. Click the link in the show notes to access the community today. Thanks again for listening.